very good evening to you. Welcome to show 150 of the Orient Hour. We've got Barry Galving in the studio. We've got uh, Darren Burrows is here, Jamie Stripe and Billy Herring. And we'll be going through your questions and talking about the last week in E10. Again, welcome to another edition of the Orient Hour. All the guys are here in the studio and uh, we've got a lot of things to get through. Hope you can hear us okay. Right, let's start, lads. Uh, Barry Galvin with Grimsby on Saturday. Uh, a, a lot of a good points and a lot of effort from the team, um, but uh, just the one point again. I think a lot of um, long, long-standing long Orient supporters will say that was a kind of um, archetypal Orient performance where... We looked okay, we looked at decent performance, we had a few chances, we didn't score, and then we gave away a poor goal. And then, you know, we, we managed to get it back at the end, quite deservedly so. It was definitely a penalty, and a point was, was better than nothing, obviously. But frustrating performance, I felt, because we were the better team, I felt. So it was, um, you know, at the end of the day, 92nd minute equaliser, everyone's happy at the end. But looking back on it, you think, yeah, maybe that was an opportunity missed. I and mean, we haven't won at home for such a long time, it felt like... Um, I was going to be able to play rocking all over the world. I mean, it, w- it would have been a, a travesty, though, Barry. Surely, if they, if they hadn't got something from that game. Yes, I mean, you, yeah, half full, half empty thing. You're looking back. If we hadn't got that equaliser, it would have been bad for morale. And just said, well, you know, another home defeat after looking like we were going to win. Um, and it is those fine margins, isn't it? I know it's a bit of a cliche, but it is. And um, we we could and, and probably should have taken three points in the game. Um, you know, again, if you if you if you're um, a positive person, you'll say, well, okay, we're more than competing with the teams in this league and a luck will turn because we have been competing in even the games we've lost I felt apart from the Swindon one I'm talking at home obviously um, we've been more than competitive in every match but you have to at some point it is a results business you have to at some point start turning those ones into threes and the zeros into ones and um, you know we are at the wrong sec- in the wrong section of the league I should say um, and like hopefully we won't be looking down the league if we get a couple of wins we'll be looking towards mid-table hopefully yeah, I think, uh, Darren, it's probably fair to say that both uh, managers will be very disappointed with the goals they conceded um, for one reason or another. I, I think that's very fair to say, um, Andy, that they're going to be disappointed, yeah. Let's just jump to the end one, the the penalty. It was a soft yeah. penalty, but it was a penalty, um, no doubt about that. But there was a, a bit of a Ferrari over who's going to take it. I didn't know that. Is that right? OK, well, for one, I was pleased that it was Angel. Um, with all due respect to Josh Wright's penalties have been poor. And we've got away with it a few times, I think, with Josh, where they've gone down the middle and, and uh, yeah, the keeper's dived. But I, I was really pleased to see him pick the ball up. I didn't know there was any controversy, Andy, I have to admit, I didn't, I didn't pick that up. 
Well, I think even Ross said he didn't realise that he was going to be taking the penalty, which, uh, you know, I think everybody thought uh, that uh, Josh would be taking it. I mean, Jamie, it was a, I thought it was a surprise because, I, I mean, Darren's just said that Josh hasn't taken very very good penalties, but how many has he actually missed? One, is it? I think he missed one in the Bristol Rovers um, checker trade game. Um, this is definitely a surprise to me. But the way he took it, under pressure, he, he, he did really well. I mean, there's a lot at stake. We needed to get something from that game. It was a game that's a typical Orient match that we tried our best to lose after a load of um, decent chances throughout the match. But he stepped up and took it. I don't think there was any problem now giving him the ball to, you know, that, that job for the rest of the season. It's a great pen, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, I mean one of the one of the best you'll see. I think you know if, he's, if he can have the confidence to hit him like that, he's got the job. Well, he, he, he put it as far, as far as I'm concerned, where you should put all penalties. You either put them low in one corner or high in one corner. And my, my problem with with Josh was he was going to get found out because he was sending them down the middle every time. And I think didn't he miss one at Cambridge, but scored on the follow up. Yeah. yeah. So I, I was pleased to see it uh, go to angle. Yeah. I must admit though, when he hit it, I thought he put it over. When it comes off his boot, second, just yeah. for a split second, I went no. <laughs> And then it hit the back of the net, and I was like, right, okay. It Can we go home now? That's it? what you all thought. Yeah, it was <laughs> one of those, though, wasn't it? You actually thought, God, if he misses this, because when, when it wasn't Josh, I thought, well, if he scores, it's going to be fine. But if he misses, it's going to be an almighty stewards at the end over this, because you were expecting Josh to take the penalty. I must admit, I, was, I wasn't. I'll be honest with you. I thought Josh Wright was only taking them because of the injuries that we'd had. Um, Leanne Gold was the penalty taker before he was injured and he scored a few penalties. I just, to my knowledge, he didn't, hasn't missed any for us, has he, to my knowledge? Do we know no, whether no. Josh was on penalties then, Andy? Is that what you're saying, that Josh should have been on it? Well, I mean, Ross said he was surprised. So yeah. uh, I'm guessing that he, he was expecting <laughs> Ross. I mean, I'm... I'm, I'm you yeah, expect, expecting Josh, you mean? Uh, well, yeah, expecting Josh to take it, yeah. and uh, he was as surprised as I was. I mean, do you think it could have been one of them things where Leangle was the penalty taker before he was injured? Josh Wright's taken over those responsibilities. Angle's come back into the team. It's just one of those things that's just been a bit maybe overlooked, and Angle's just gone. Well, I was the penalty taker before. I'm back in now, so it shouldn't be overlooked, though, Billy, should it? No, yeah. true, true. that's a level of professionalism that shouldn't be allowed, as far as I'm concerned. I, I, I agree with you what you're saying, and for me, going back to what I said, I thought Angle was the right pick. And it, to be fair, Andy, it didn't look like there was any kind of to and fro of them grabbing the ball off of each other on the pitch. I, I certainly, if there was, I missed that as well. Well, I, I mean, I think. Thing is, what what I was impressed with was the way that Orient picked themselves up because I thought they were the better team overall. I thought we played the better football. I thought Grimsby played well for an away team, but I thought we were the better team. But when we let in the goal the way that we did, I mean that is a real morale sapper, isn't it? I just, just make a point on penalties. This is non-Orient related, okay? So because I know the FA will be listening to this broadcast, obviously, <laughs> of course. apparently, I think penalties should be one kick of the ball. You know, like you get in a penalty shootout, yeah? Then you don't get all this encroachment, retaking, rebounds, etc. Do you guys agree? I think, you know, what, what, it's either a goal kick where the keeper saves it, or it's a respot where it's a goal. Well, then you're what do you think of that guy? Well, you're taking away the advantage, aren't you? No, because no, you, you, for penalties, the idea is you get one, you get a free kick of the ball from 12 yards, and that's yeah. what it should be. Right, there's nothing so in the rules to say, and then you get a rebound, etc. No, I don't agree. But I think no, there's, yeah. a, there's enough, there's enough. It'd save uh, all the arguments, wouldn't it? With VAR, which we obviously Ooh. haven't got to suffer, but there's enough now goals being chalked off. So to me, that's just going to leave more, yeah, more goals a pen, being a pen. Yeah, but then part of the, the attraction of football is the follow-up to so can they get it in, the, can they scramble it off the... 
So oh, an encroachment is better than a lower league scramble after a penalty. Come yeah, on, you know we, that's why we all go. If you look the at encroachment, there's always people in the box of, of, of both sides when the penalty is taken. And sometimes refs pick it up, sometimes they don't, and it's just I think it might get a lot cleaner. Everyone else stood in the okay. halfway line. Barry, you go around the goalkeeper. Being controversial, I, 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 you'll go around the goalkeeper and about to put it yeah, over the line, that. and yeah. I, I take your legs away. Okay, right now. Why would a, you do that, Andy? Because I don't want you to score. <laughs> now, right, so take your legs away. It's a penalty. You were yeah. just about to score it, and we only allow you one kick. Yeah, that's so the rule. Th- that's the advantage has been diminished. Oh, really? That's the law, isn't it? You get, if that's, no, the, you get, that's the foul, you get that's, the, kick, that's the penalty. If, the, if it comes back out again and yeah. somebody else puts it home, it's a goal, isn't it? Yeah, and generally, I, I'm yeah. okay. Obviously, so, in a minority, yeah. I just so thought it, it would simplify the process of like you just killed you. Yeah. I'm anyway, going to be a mob outside waiting for me. You've now. digressed. What are you talking about? I'll talk to somebody sensible. Billy. Billy, that, as, as we were saying, the, the heads didn't go down despite the enormity of the calamity of the goal, if you like, because it was it was almost like a, a footballing version of Dignitas, wasn't it? I mean, the thing <laughs> it is... Was, like... it, was, it was suicide, wasn't it? I mean, it, it, to be that. fair, it was it was a poor goal to give away. I mean, you look, obviously, you know, people mention about Brophy giving the ball away and Ross said he should have done better, which he should have done. But I'm looking at the two centre-halves and like, I don't know... Well, I don't know what they were doing. They were so far apart. They parted like the Red Sea. The geezer just had, they had to run a Brisbane Road. Yeah. Um, but as you, to be fair, we were all, I thought we were all over them. I thought we created so many chances. You know, we had two cleared off the line. You know, obviously, Angol misses inside the six-yard box. Right? The keeper makes a great save from Wilkinson. Right? And I just think that I think we knew we could get, we weren't dead and buried because we were so much better than them on the day. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think it would have been a travesty, as I said earlier, if we'd got nothing. I mean, let's go back to that goal, though. I mean, you know, Brophy makes the mistake. Now, you're, you're quite right. The, t- the two centre-halves were too far apart. And you hear criticism of the goalkeeper as well. But, Jamie, they weren't... Ex- I mean, certainly the goalkeeper, he wasn't expecting that, was he? I mean, we've got the ball. And, no. and you do not expect that from your teammate. No, I think everyone was just literally caught on the hop there because Brophy's made that run across the pitch, obviously looking to lay it off, overrun it. The guy just played it forward quite quickly and we've been caught napping basically. Sergeant got caught in two minds. It was quite a, quite a good finish but a, an easy lot of decision for the forward to make to score that goal. So, but it's a sort of kind of mistake that we've been making game in and game out. It's, it's quite frustrating at the moment to watch, to watch Orient give goals away like that. I mean, the, the goal we conceded at Warsaw was a bad one. A couple of goals we conceded against Colchester were bad ones. I mean, you can go on and on about it. and. You know, I think Ross has really got to crack the whip a little bit. I think we're getting into territory where we had under Davis is where we're, the mistakes we're making are, are making costing us points at a vital time in the season. You know, we can't really afford to keep making those mistakes. Darren? Well, I, agree, I do agree with Jamie. I do feel that Sarge was in a bit of a no-win situation and, and I just hope he learns from that. Yeah. He, he, in, in the end, he didn't do either, did he? He didn't either come for it or... So, and, and let's be honest, they signed that Billy Clark during the week, didn't they? And I just knew then. Didn't we all, yeah. didn't we all sort of say to each other, oh, we'll score on Saturday? Yeah. And I, I have to say, whilst it was a disappointing goal from our point of view, I thought the pass over to Bill Clark, uh, who got the goal, from their point of view, that was pretty good yeah. at League Two level. So, I think... We can be disappointed with a goal, but I think we've also got to look at the, that aspect of it as well. And, and as Andy said, they did fight back, didn't they? They did fight back. I, I think for me, the important thing is when we're, when we're breaking forward, we've just got to remember that we have got that, att- we've got that defensive responsibility still. 
And that's the thing, you know. And to me, the two centre halves, they should be looking, not they shouldn't be looking up the pitch like let's get they should be saying, right, where's the danger? Where's the danger? And the danger is we could we could all see that man. We could all see him there. So why why have they parted so much? Why could they not see that? My view of that is that's why they're League Two players. Well, maybe. And, and, maybe. and yeah, if you look at the National League and League Two, what's the common denominator? Mm. There's pretty much goals every week. You don't get a lot of nil-nil draws at, at that level because the players' concentration isn't quite there. Is it, is, it, is it a championship and premiership? And I think you've got to expect to concede goals like that. I think our problem is we're just simply not scoring enough at the other end. I mean, it's shocking if you look at before... Saturday, the stat before that was two shots on target. Sorry, one shot on target in two games at home. And I think that's the real problem, Billy, if I'm honest. That's for me. You're right, we've got to defend better. But you can't you can't win a football game if you don't score a goal, can you? But we have been scoring goals this season, to be fair. You know, it's not like we've had a run where we've gone four or five games where we haven't scored a goal. You know, we haven't had we haven't had that this season. And I, I, I mean, I think... I think we're. I think there's problems at both ends of the pitch. If I'm honest, but I do think down the spine we need to be stronger and we need to be tighter in the middle there. We need to stop these chances. How many times this season have we seen us start going forward and the team hits us on the break? No, I, I agree. We got the second. I think. I think we got the, the second worst defence in the league. So you, like you're right. You, you've had a day. You're right. There's problems at the back, and and. You're right about the spine. I think the problem at the moment, if I'm brutally honest, is his problems at the back, in the middle. And the <laughs> That's why we are in the league. Right. What I would say, before we move on, though, people are saying about, oh, we're in a rele- are we in a relegation fight? We're in a relegation fight. And all these people are worried about going down and stuff. I did a quick bit of thing earlier on where I had a look. We are currently eight points clear of the team that are bottom of the league, right? In the Premier League, Arsenal... Are the same amount of points clear at the relegation zone as we are? Are they in a relegation dogfight as well then? Mm. Tottenham fans say they are. Well, yeah. <laughs> I got their own fans that they were a few weeks ago. But like, <laughs> I'm just putting it out there, you know what I mean? I know it sounds yeah. ridiculous, right? But actually, that's the, that's a statistic, that's a fact. Yeah, right? but they'll still so, say there's 60,000 at the Emirates when there's only 38,000 in there. Uh, well, yeah. I also right. think they've got the potential to get a lot better quickly. Right, let's, uh, let's uh, see if this works, shall we? we uh, hopefully... Fingers crossed, uh, we've got an interview with uh, Ross Embleton uh, coming up here. Uh, Steve Tung went to speak to him the other day, so hopefully this all works. We shall find out. Um, Ross, most people have heard your feelings about the Grimsby game. A good performance, you thought we deserved more, and you said you were angry about the goal we conceded. Um, have the players seen an angry Ross very often? Um, yeah, a few times this season. <laughs> uh, obviously, their first opportunity to uh, to have experienced it or seen it after the game at the weekend. But um, we had a real good period of time to work in preparation for the Grimsby game, which I felt we saw. I said to the players, are we going to go from the below average performance at Walsall to being one of the best teams in the league? No, it's not realistic. Do we need to use the small percentages and margins to improve and embrace those little steps along the way to build slowly? Yes. Did we do that at the weekend? Yes, I certainly did. But part of what we did and built for the Grimsby game was how we felt we could stop Grimsby on the counter-attack, how we were going to prevent them from getting opportunities. Now, we know that James Brophy gave the ball away, but when we've analysed the goal and I knew it at the weekend that we wasn't set up to defend behind it because we always have to be prepared for mistakes. 
we didn't do that bit well enough as well. So it angered me because, one, we gave the ball away cheaply, but then secondly, we hadn't done our jobs behind the ball to make sure that we stopped that from happening. Well, we hope there won't be too much anger after Port Vale and, and Northampton coming up quite quickly together. Um, the Port Vale game at home, that, that very exciting 3-3 draw, was that one of those where a draw actually feels like a win in the end? I think it was one of those, yeah, I think to a degree, yes. I think I remember a few people saying to me that they felt it would be the turning point for us and, and I suppose to a degree it did for that three or four game period that we were in at, the, at that stage. We'd gone for a period of going away to Exeter and letting in a late, late goal probably being a stronger team against Crew at home, giving away a late goal. So then to be the ones that grabbed it in the manner that we did to get level, I think was a real good feeling. And it was nice to be able to walk off of that, albeit probably a bit disappointed we didn't win the game, but to come off and say, actually, we've shown fighting spirit to get back in and we're the ones walking off elevated rather than rather than downbeat. So I think it was, um, I think it was a positive way to finish that game. With ten men, of course, because Connor had been sent off. There's been a bit of talk this week about Connor Wilkinson's role and the way you're playing him out on on the right, which of course fits in with the four three three. What what do you like about the four three three system? What are the advantages of it? Uh, I think in in the manner what we played at the weekend, what it gives us is good numbers behind the ball in terms of. I think I've said before, there's been too many occasions where we start the game and give a goal away or. We're at important key stages of the game and give the goal away. So I think it allows us to be um, solid behind it um, with the way that we set up the four and the, and the first group of three. I think with the attacking personnel that we've got, if you include Connor, Lee, Matt, um, James Brophy, James Date and Jordan Maguire Drew, we've got players at the top end of the pitch that are very good 1v1, can be very creative, um, can create opportunities at the top end of the pitch. Uh, so I quite like it like that. I know that with Connor, um, we saw him as a centre forward last year um, when we come up against Dagenham and Redbridge. Uh, when I've worked with him this year, it's not a position that he outright favours of being a striker down the middle of the pitch. So we felt that by having him wired, he's even though he's a very very big boy, he's very good dribbling, he's very good at running into spaces, he's very mobile for his size. Um, he can win his headers against fullbacks, which I think he does it extremely well um, and he likes operating in that wide area of the pitch is there areas in which I can help and improve and develop the way that Connor involves in a game 100% I think it's a case of us building that he's missed he's had, he's had such a stop start season in terms of being in get sent off he's out the team then he comes back and he gets injured it's been stop start for him so to expect him to go back into the team and operate in exactly the same way that we want he fits in with those little small steps that we need to keep making so um, can we get him in and around leave and goal more often yes we could of course we can it's something that we've got to continuously improve to to make sure that we uh, we you know that we that we become more productive at the top end of the pitch and Port Vale only one home defeat I think on that big pitch of yours and um, <laughs> what sort of game will you expect yeah, it's going to be tough. I think obviously we we know some of the personnel that they've got there in terms of Pope down the middle of the pitch. It, you know, he's a he's an experienced, very very good striker at the level. We know he's going to be a real handful. So we have to make sure that we go and compete with that. And I think competing's been something that we've been really at the forefront of our mind. Is again like sort of fits with what I just said to you there about being being a being a little bit more robust in the league to make sure that we're not too easy to play against. And we. And we go out and we set a tone to the game that we're the ones that are aggressive, we make tackles, we're the ones that are willing to run more than the opposition. That has to be a prerequisite of playing in the league. But we know that 
going there, that's going to be really, really tough. And let's, like you like touched on there, the size of the pitch is, is, is unbelievable there. So we know that there's going to be times that when we're out of possession, we've got to be compact and, and disciplined defensively. But at the same time, always at the forefront of our mind is exactly how we're going to go and impose ourselves on the opposition and giving ourselves the best opportunity to create chances and get, 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 get the three points. And lastly, Northampton game coming up very quickly afterwards, which gives you very little preparation time. Um, the away game, which was a very good win, we put out quite a big side ourselves. Are you expecting a big, strong, physical Northampton side again? Yes. Um, I think they were in... Uh, they, they, uh, they're admittedly from, from their manager after the game that day felt that they didn't perform. And I think from not long after that, they went on a very, very good run of results. So that shows that they've got good players in their teams. We were... Uh, albeit we made a very early change with Sam Ling coming off in that game and we put Marvin on it for his first game at right back if I remember rightly um, we went there and we really coped well with their physical approach I think they've become a little bit of a different team since then um, probably not quite as direct as they was on that occasion um, but I'd like to think by the time we get to that game that we're a, we're a different threat in terms of what we can put out against them as well Well very best of wishes anyway and um, thanks for your time Thanks very much well, there we go. That was uh, Ross Embleton talking with our Steve Tone. And uh, a few points raised there, guys. And I think, most importantly, we were talking, weren't we, earlier, about uh, why doesn't Wilkinson play more up front and not drift out wide. And there's, Ross has just made that point that uh, he doesn't like to. Well, maybe Ross, as a manager, should tell him he ought to play up front as our spearhead because I think he's probably the best equipped to do that role in the team. Does anyone know where he played number nine for Dagenham? I mean, I know he's up front for Dagenham when we played him, but did he play number nine role? Because if he did, then he should be playing surely for us. I thought he played in the ten. I, I was just saying, Darren, and I were just talking off air. And, um, you know, he said he prefers JMD in the role, but I, I, I like I think Wilkinson giving him that free role would um, would, would free him up because he's great with the ball at his feet. Yeah. And I think the problem is when we stick him up front, I don't think he likes playing with his back to goal, but also we tend to go longer into him. And so all the balls he's getting into him are chest high on his head. I think he likes the ball into his feet so he can get it on the floor, turn and go at people. And I think giving him that free roll would um, would suit him more. I mean, I'd like to see us play a free in behind Lee Angle of, say, Brophy, Wilkinson in the 10 and JMD, but say to the three of them, look, don't feel that you have to stay in your positions. Swap. So like know, a 4 2 three, one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, are you happy, Dal, with the four-three-three? Three? Uh, yes, I'm. I am. What I'm not happy with is I, <laughs> bold statement this, but I don't actually think we've got a pattern and a style of play at home uh, at all. I, th I think we're still almost looking for the, the 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 right formation, and I think the fact that we've only won two games at home all season bears that out. Uh, um, you look, we've played a lot of different formations, haven't we? So it does beg the question, does Ross know? And in fairness to Ross, Ross has had the club, the team, sorry, then he's not had the team. So I'll cut you know, some slack there. But we, we've got to get something and stick with it for a while and give it a chance to... to, to and maybe that might mean this, this poor run we're on at home goes on for a bit longer. Like all of us, I hope not. I only swore there and said... I mean, there's a weakness, uh, Jamie, isn't there? I think we can all agree. Because I thought, personally, I thought both forwards worked extremely hard against Grimsby. I thought the work rate of the whole team was very high, but the quality of the balls and the service to the front two, I thought, was poor. Well, 
on occasions, I think you've got someone like Jordan Maguire, Drew, he put three or four really great crosses in. And I think sometimes the quality of our finishing isn't very good. I thought Ango had two presentable chances, couldn't take them. Wilkinson had a great header on another day, he should have scored. So there was probably enough chances made in that game. But if, if Ross is, wants to play a 4-3-3, yeah. three, three, he's got the personnel to play it properly. And that means your full-backs are just as important as the people up top. If you want to get them bombing forward and helping out, and I think the quality of our full-backs isn't what's required if you want to play a proper, proper 4-3-3 to three. any effect. I mean, I know Liverpool play it and Manchester City play it, and you look at their full-backs... They're bombing up and down the pitch all day. So I'm not, I'm not so sure whether it's the chances so much. I think it's just poor finishing most of the times for us. I'm, I'm with Jamie on that. I actually thought on Saturday, the one positive, or not the, not the only positive, but a big positive, we actually did create some chances for the forwards because that has been sadly lacking in recent games. And, and I thought some of the dead balls were really good. And what I also liked was the variation of, of it with in-swingers, out-swingers. The keeper was getting the in-swingers, yeah. And, and I was a bit disappointed again with our, our bigger lads up front not if I'm honest, you're bullying the keeper a bit more, but I definitely thought that the, with you, Jamie, the chances, Andy, were at least created. Yeah, I just saw a lot of looping crosses coming in, Now, to be honest with you. You know, you can't really attack a looping ball. It just disappoints me when you get players, you know, put a cross But I switched, Andy, because you, know. you, had, you had, I agree with you, but I think, in fairness, when Wright was taking the corners, they weren't as good. And when they put uh, JMD on the corners, yeah, they enough. improved. But again, that's good management of the team. Who was captain the side? Forgive me, I'm forgetting. Was it Josh back? Or Josh was. Of course, it was captain. I don't so know. Yeah. If Josh went up and said, "Look, we need to change this, boys." And you know, but but somebody got a message to change it, didn't they? And and that that was what I was thinking. That was positive. That's what I'm saying about and with Jamie, positive contributions, positive changes. Four four three, I, I, I like because it's it's you know, no one wants to see this five at home do that. Let's be honest. Do you? Dale, do you think that the, the I know what you said about the pattern of play. Do you think it's been impacted upon though by injuries? Because I th- I think looking back over the season, I think we just started to get into a bit of form, and then you had the suspension to uh, Wilkinson, who then come back from that he picked up niggling injuries. Angle's been out injured as well. Do you think that's had a part to play do, as well? Do, do you know what? I, I don't like this. Everyone, every team has injuries. Every squad has injuries. You have to put a squad together to cater for that. And no, I, I don't. I think I think every club. The problem is we get sucked into knowing about our injuries, don't we? Yeah, true. And I know, for example, Bournemouth were on a terrible run. They got six first teamers out. As only because I heard that on the radio. I don't care. Mm. You know, I, I, if I was a Bournemouth fan, I'd be more concerned with where's the cover. We're talking about Bournemouth. Sorry, we're yeah, no, no, it's, a fair, it's but, a fair comment. Isn't it? Very rarely, though, would you say that both of the, you two centre forwards get injured at the same time. Yeah, but in that case, we should have cover to cover that eventuality. I mean, Howard's, Howard's done okay, but if it was up to me, I'd, I'd sign some a proper, decent target man in the window if I could. I because think I, think we're, I think we're light up front. I think Ross has intimated that he is looking at a, a forward. I mean, there's a lot of reports on uh, Twitter this afternoon about signings, but we can't confirm anybody because the club's not confirmed it. But we. If we're reading what we're reading without naming names, they're midfield players that. Well, there's not. There's one that's not not being named that's been on Twitter, and that's the lad at Southend's just been uh, released from his contract, Simon Cox. Uh-huh. I mean, he's he's 32, um, but again, I, I'm with Jamie. I think. <laughs> You know the cover has not been there, and and I, I'm sorry, but I thought letting Sorito go out. Uh, I can't pronounce that lad's name, so I've got it wrong. Um, you know the one I mean. Short, short, short 19 centre, <laughs> yeah. number 19. Yeah, uh, he he for me um, shouldn't have been in, you know, out on loan. 
and when he got his opportunity, the boy's taking it, hasn't he? Yeah. I mean, you're talking about uh, injuries, and, and Barry, um, Billy Turley took a, an injury last week. Jamie Turley. Uh, Jamie Turley, sorry. I'm not Billy Turley. I'm, not, well, I'm looking across at Billy here. <laughs> <laughs> they shouldn't call him Barry and really offended. Yeah, I know, really yeah. offended. Sorry, Jamie Turley. Leave yeah. me alone. Yeah, no, it's, it's yeah. really sad, isn't it? Because Jamie spent a long time on the sidelines with his with his groin injury, and um, I used to see him on a match day. Obviously, not in the, not in the team, not in the squad because he was injured. And he really was down about it. He was really like you know really rolling to get back in the team and get back in the squad. And, and he eventually he's got back after quite a protracted injury because obviously they've. They tried to, you know, give it time and it didn't work. Then he had to have the operation, which set him back again. Now he's got back in the team and I think we'll all agree he's done really well when he's come back in. And then a recurrence of the injury, or apparently it's on the other side. So it's a similar injury, but in, in a different area. And he must be absolutely devastated because when you come back after a long period and you think, here we go, I'm, I'm, and then it happens within three or four weeks, must be heartbreaking for him. Playing he's well he's a great well. guy. And playing well as well. Yes, I'm saying it, it's a real shame. Real shame for Jamie. And again, like I'm with Aaron, you can't make excuses for injuries, but it is one of those unfortunate things that's happened to us again this year. We haven't had a setback for really. What we're saying about the forwards, though, one one forward I'd like to see us take a gamble on, Jerome Slew. He scored against us in the FA Cup. He scored a bucket load of goals this season. I know it's a, I know it's a lot lower standard, but he's only 23 years old. Why don't we take a gamble on him? 29 goals in 32 appearances this right. season. I, you're right, it's a lower standard, but I, I'm totally with you on that. Yeah. I love it when the club do stuff like that. Right. You say that, but uh, the, the, I Morden have got a great uh, relationship with Colchester United, obviously. Um, so would you but let's not wait around for them. Let's, yeah. let's offer him a deal. At the end um, of the day, you know, it'll be they need him. offers him a, be the biggest yeah. deal. But don't you think if, He's being watched, and there's a close uh, relationship between the two sides at Colchester. It don't matter. It doesn't matter whether there's a close relationship between the two clubs or not. It's down to the player. And if the player wants to sign for a club, who's the bigger club, us or Colchester? Well, yeah, I, I know what you're saying. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So then, so. so then, you know, like, who's he got? Who's he more likely to play for at the moment, us or Colchester? We're towards the bottom of the league. They're pushing for promotion, so we can sign for them, right? sit on the bench he could sign for us straight in the first team right and he's got a chance propelling us up the league next season then we push on for a playoff place right or more he's established well I can't I, I would say Bill that I think Orient must have had him watch several times and if they don't make an offer for him or don't go in for him there's got to be an underlying reason for that but is it the way we operate do we normally do what we usually do and just wait for someone to be out of contract and pick them up in the summer? Or do we actually go out and say, here's some ready money for you? I, well, don't, I don't think that's, that's the way Orin really operate. And, and in a way, I think it's kind of held them back over the years. Well, that brings us to a question from the message board, actually. Um, Jamie, you might as well be the first to have a go at this one. This is from Red in the Face. Uh, he says, there has been a fair bit of speculation regarding the ability of the owners to finance the acquisition of players coming into the club uh, this January. Do the panel think that funds are available to bring players into the club irrespective of being able to ship others out either permanently or on loan? Or are we dependent on players leaving first? Uh, I think it's a bit of both really. I think there's some money flying around. Um, I don't think we're going to be signing the forward for £300,000 anytime soon. Uh, I've got a funny feeling a few will have to go, but it's, it's, it's difficult getting people to move, isn't it? I mean, we've got rid of Gorman. He's on the way to Newport. Apparently, Alabi's supposed to be leaving the building anytime soon. I don't know. I just don't f feel that with the extra contracts we put out in the summer, we extended a few. You know, obviously, we've signed 
Wilkinson and Angle and with uh, Fletcher's playoff, I don't think there's that much kicking about. I don't think there's that much in the coffers to finance a big splurge. So I've, I've, I've a funny feeling that we're going to have to shift a few out before we bring some in. Yeah, I think we've got to get a few out, Billy, haven't we, down to a lower leagues on loan? The thing about it is, when you look at it, right, someone mentioned it the other day, when you're, uh, when you're signing a player, if you're signing a player from up north, then you've got to do relocation costs as well, you know what I mean? You've got to make sure that they're all relocated. It's not just about the, the contract that they're signing, it's about moving their family and everything like that. So there's, it's a lot more complicated than people think. Now, when you think about the idea of, are we going to spend money on players? Does that mean they're going to be better players? Not necessarily. Because just because a player lets his contract run down, it doesn't mean he's a bad player. Aaron Ramsey let his contract run down. He ain't a bad player, right? Now, I'm not saying we're going to sign players like that. But the point I'm making is that, actually, the reason players let their contract run down is because then they know a club can sign them on for nothing so they can offer them higher wages because they haven't got to pay a transfer fee. So, actually, it is difficult in January to sign quality players because... You will have to. You usually would have to sign a uh, like um, pay a fee for a player in January. So I'd expect to see players coming in on loan, or players that are within the last six months of their contract that we can negotiate a deal with the club um, that that will release them. So you know, but this whole oh we have to pay a transfer fee thing it's a myth. You know, look at the players we've got on free transfers over the years that have been quality, quality silings, you know. Got Kevin Lisby for nothing, didn't we? Kevin Lisby, Dawson, Coxie, right, Vincelo, right. You go through that that squad that got us through to the playoff final, I don't think we paid a penny for any of them, you know. So it's about doing good business, not just expensive business, you know. Do you think uh, the fact that Orin have got what is a relatively very wealthy owner, uh, players might think, "Hello, I can, uh, you know, stretch for a bit more money here than they would have done at another club." It's difficult to say, really. Um, you know, it's, it's they've got to sort of earn that as well. It's 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 all right for them thinking that, but I mean, Kent and Nigel, they're no mugs. I mean, unless they're going to get something for their money, they're not just going to cough up willy nilly. And I'm, I'm sure that Martin Ling and his, his staff wouldn't get wouldn't let that happen anyway. It's about the character of the player as well, though. You know, if a player's only coming because they want to earn a bit more dough, then that's not a player that we're going to sign. You know, because it's it's not just about paying money out. As I say, the character can make a hell of a difference to a team, to a squad. Um, Ross mentioned it about Lawrence. One of the reasons he signed him is because of the character of the man and what he'll bring around the place and energy. You know, if the player is only asking about money, 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 they're not the man you want in the building. Fair enough, Darren. Um, I, I don't think we're qualified to answer the question, to be fair, the, the, the chaps put, put to us. Only the board know the budget, only the club, the, the chairman and, and the owner and, and the, know w- whether they've got money to spend. Um, my view is I think we have a top eight budget. And I remember Ken saying that they um, hold back some of the budget in case there's a need in this window. So that would lead me to think that there's money, um, Andy, available. And the fact that we've got some pretty strong rumours today, let's face it, you know, yeah. we, we're not going to rightly so name them because it's not fair on the club. That's, that's their business to do. Um, but there are some, strong, some good strong rumours that we've had. Yeah. So I would like to think that we are all going to see a couple of sign-ins, hopefully tomorrow. I think the club has muted a statement at five o'clock, so that's why we're yeah. we're not going to and, and let's leave it to, to to that. Yeah, yeah, I don't think it's right for us to to um, you know say names 
on air when they're not being confirmed. So as, as much as we might think we know, we, uh, we, <laughs> we can't uh, be 100%, can we? Uh, Barry, I mean, your view on it. I think Darren's right in this. We, we don't have the inside um, track on the budget. Um, so I think we are top 10 on the budget, um, but we don't know how much has been spent. And I know we said we won't mention it again, but on the uh, the management uh, decision and then, uh, you know, shipping them out, et cetera. And we don't know, um, you know, what the, the budget is for the rest of the season. So, yes, I think that there will be some people coming in, obviously, but I don't think we are going to be signing a million-pound player anytime soon. Just want to say, I met, um, you were talking about characters. I met Lawrence on um, on Saturday because he's, he's over and he's quite a lot. He's a really nice guy, funny guy, coming and nick me own out of the Atano room. So... Uh, <laughs> I say Nick, it wasn't mine that was laying there, but he's, yeah, I thought you said he asked for your own nut and was going to pay you in pennies. Ah. Oh, very good, very good. Don't get it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he, paid the, he paid his fine in pennies when he was at Swindon. Oh, did he? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I generally yeah. didn't get that, so I didn't know that. Did he really? Yeah. So how much, how many pennies was Did it? you get a free own nut? Did you have to pay for it? I can't possibly comment on the supply of O-nuts. You mean you don't get an O-nut in your position, a man of you in your position? Uh, there are there are some O-nuts that are that are available. I've got to be honest. I did start to think you'd put it on weight, mate. So, yeah, uh, that's two O-nuts. That's good living, that is. Yeah. Yes. Oh, by the way, Barry, just off the football subject, congratulations on your engagement. Thank you, much, yeah, 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 nice thank you very much. Yeah, thank you very much. Oh, nice a, to, uh, a round of applause, as you an call applause, it. Um, an applause. Yeah, it's, it's nice. there is really someone for everyone, and I've and just proved it. <laughs> lovely picture on Twitter, and she, she didn't realise it's cubic zirconia either, but um, no. it's great. It's well a big done. one, though. It's a big, <laughs> it's a big one, Barry. Well done. Well done. You cheeky monkey. <laughs> yeah, it looked real. I'll be honest with you. Sorry. It better be. I'll pay real money for it. <laughs> <laughs> never, mind, never mind. Right, Prestige Worldwide on the uh, message board. That he want, what, what should our formation be? And this is two pronged uh, question, really. What should our formation be, and which players do the panel expect to leave the club during this window? Well, we've covered a little bit of that already, Bill. Right. So I went and uh, I've done my formation. I want to go with a four-two-three-one. I've written it down here to grab me a bit of paper. So I think that uh, I would uh, give Lawrence a going goal. I don't think Sarge has done anything wrong, but I just think that at this point in the season, that little bit of extra experience um, would support the side. Uh, Jody right back, Widdowson left back, Turley and Happy centre halves. Obviously, this is everyone fit. Uh, right and Marsh holding in the middle of midfield. JMD on the right, Connor in the 10, Brophy on the left with Liango up front. Uh, but those three in behind Liango, I'd like to see see them uh, interchanging um, and you know giving defenders a nightmare because they don't know what positions they're playing in all over the park that would be me playoffs here we come <laughs> Jamie Barney um, I've got a funny feeling that we'll stick with 4-3-3 I think Ross likes it I'd definitely stick with that at home maybe away go a little bit more defensively on with Billy having jumped back at right back um, centre half is now becoming a little bit of a problem because Turley is now injured. I've got a funny feeling we might be back with Coulson and Hap, happy for um, the next game. Um, Widdison, if he was fit, I'd play at left back, but um, I'd definitely have a, a role for Brophy up front with Wilkinson spearheading, whether he likes it or not, and, <laughs> and, J and JMD on the right, and, they, and he can switch around if it needs to be. Um, in midfield... Can you drop in the angle there? Yeah, I would. Fair enough. Yeah. I don't think he's, I, I don't think he's um, much of a goal threat, to be quite honest. Unless he comes up with something brilliant on Saturday and scores a hat-trick, I suppose. But uh, midfield, I think you'd have to stick with Josh Wright for the time being and Marsh alongside him. 
And maybe someone with a little bit more dynamism. I think if you're going to play 4-3-3, you're going to need to press a little bit more. And I think we're not that great without the ball. So, you know, let's see what we can do with that. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, I mean, you're saying about Wilkinson, and you're quite firm about that. You're saying it's really down to Ross to say, actually, I don't really care where you think you want to play. I want you to play as our spirit. Well, I yeah. want you up front. Well, would, not drifting out wide. Would Justin Denneborough settle for that? No, I should think. I mean, the, the, the guy knew what he wanted from his players, and you know, if you were told to play there, you'd play there. So, I think, it, unless we sell, sign a quality League Two proven striker. I think Wilkinson's the bloke to play up, up in that position unless he puts Matt Harold in. But if you're going to play you know, three up front, you want him a bit, a bit mobile and able to cut in, from the, you know, cut in from the flanks. So I don't know. I don't know. I mean, my, my preference would be Wilkinson in the nine spot. If you have to play him on the flank, that's fine, but we've got to have a, a real good centre-forward spearhead. Yeah, I'm, I'm with uh, both of the lads actually on, on a few things. I'm definitely with a keeper change purely because I, I think uh, it's a good point Billy's made that a bit, a bit more experience. I, I don't think Sarge has done a lot wrong in fairness and I, and I, I don't want to see him you know, vying for a spot in the team. Uh, with regards to the um, back four, well, let's be honest, um, at some point we need to see, I think, you know, I say let's be honest, I think we need to see Marv and Hap paired together because... When they always put Coulson in, I got it, because they didn't have experience. That, that's gone. Yeah. They've played enough games now, Andy, yeah, to be able to play as a central pairing. And we need to see if that works. Now, I think that Marv could be off in the window. Uh, he's out of contract in the summer. Uh, I don't think he's signed a new contract. So I think that that, that could be a position that... that <clears throat> That could change quite quickly. Do you think he will stay as a league player or do you think you drop down one division? No, I think he'll go up one division. You do? Yeah, right. okay. I do. I know he's, he's prone to mistakes, um, but I think there's a very good centre-half in there once they can get him mistake. His, his number of mistakes needs to go down. So at the moment, he, he's somebody who's probably a mistake every two games. That needs to go to four, five games if he wants to go up a level. That's, that's what I will say about him. But I think he, he'll be somebody who could be off in this window. But he's not off Saturday. Let's say he's not. So he, he should partner um, Hap. I think I like Judd. I do. I'm a fan of the lad. Um, left back's a problem, isn't it, at the moment? I, 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 I don't know on that one. I've got to be honest. I'm hoping Joe Widdison's back. But um, the midfield, yeah, definitely um, Marsh and definitely go with, with Riot. Uh, and for me, you've got to have some creativity in the team. So that's Brophy and that's that's JMD. The up front, I, I want them as a pair. I'm actually with Jamie on this one. But we're slightly different from Jamie. I've spent my entire life trying to convince people to do jobs. And if they don't want to do it, they don't want to do it. Um, and I'm going to be a little bit controversial here. I, I think it's just as well he did stuff that penalty away because he wasn't working hard enough, in my opinion. So I'm a, that's where I'm with you. But we've got to go with what we've got. I, I don't think Matt Harold's the answer as a starter. No. So I, I think that'll be my team. But those lads need to know, number one, Angle needs to know you need to work a little bit hard on my son. Yeah, and number two, you might want to have not played there. You might prefer to be playing out there. But at the moment, I need you to do a job for the team. Matt Harold has been a great impact player, though, hasn't he? It's what he is like. His legs probably can't get him through 90 minutes too regularly yeah. you know you've uh, sent social media into absolute spasms now mentioning Ekpateta leaving in this window don't you, you the, the rumour sphere is going to be going crazy now Darren you've sent them wild 
isn't that our job, Billy? Aren't we here? To, no, I, I don't. I don't. I don't know. But but you know, I, I, I we all know that he is out of contract. Are you saying that, are you of, saying that a football grenade in and walks out the door? Yeah, no, it's not not at all. I chuck two grenades in. Are you, are you saying, Darren, a football fan is talking about something they don't know on social media? I mean, that never happens, does it? Wow. You've got to remember, though, back in the summer, people were talking about Marvin playing for Barnsley and like, going up a gear then. So. And I think he's capable. I really do I think, think he's there's... capable. I think he's jumped at a hell of a lot of levels yeah. very quickly. And I think this time around, it's, I think it's hit him a bit hard. I think his, his adjustment, you know, he's taken him time to adjust. But I think you've got to remember where he was playing, yeah. what, three years ago, yeah. or two and a half years ago. I mean, it's a, it's a massive jump that that's Mac- Macaulay uh, Bond was in, a, was, was in our team last season and he's now in the championship, isn't he? Yeah. So, you know, we see that all the time, Andy. We see, not all the time, but you see it regularly enough to know that it's, it can happen. And I think he's a lad that, that I, I keep referring back to his contract because... He either signs in this window uh, Or we lose him on a free In the summer And that's not good business The thing is also If we do lose him in this window We've got to get an experienced centre-half in Very, very quickly Because we can't rely on Turley and Coulson's fitness To see us through to the end of the season And, you know, we need to shore up that defence Barry What? He's not (laughs) been paying attention, has he? Wake up What formation would you uh, go with? Well, they've nicked all the best ones. Well, you can still have one of your own, or you can copy can one of them. Yeah, can I? I like <laughs> just do it for a bit of light relief. Why did we invite him? Does I, yeah, just up? for a bit of comedy. Yeah, so make you look good, Andy. I yeah, think well, it isn't it. When that, we should a, just get his dog on in future. It's a lot more yeah. sense. He, he's got a more serious look than me. And, Look, I've copied, just make I've you, look copied good. your beard. What more do you want? Yeah, but not my face, Andy. No, and that's no, the trick, mate. Unlucky. Thank nice you. try. Yeah, um, yeah I, I like the sound of um, of the four-two-three-one actually. But this, okay, I'm going to be non-committal. I'll probably stick with a four-three-three. But I'd like to see again Joe Woodson. I think left back definitely. I mean, he's only a week or so away apparently, lad. So that's good news. And um, I'd love to see Raw Soterio given more of a more of a, a, a more pitch time because I do think he's a really good player. What about Shadrach Ogie as well? Because we haven't really I, mentioned him at left back. Inexperienced, um, but really good. But I've, I've, when I've seen him play this year, Les, I don't know about you, but again, looks looks the, the part physically, etc. But you can see he's inexperienced. I think you. So can he see needs it. to go out then on loan. He needs to be I, one of the players. I think so. Yeah, because you've got Jaden Sweeney as well yeah. at left back. So we have actually got three left backs, and Jaden Sweeney looks okay when he's played as well. Do we think if the back four had been settled, the two centre halves, then maybe Ogie might have got more game time? Hmm. Yeah, comment? possibly, yeah. Well, if we had more than one win in 12, I think you'd probably definitely, <laughs> we'd have definitely got a bit more game time. I think the win will, will come, Jamie, but we have got to be serious here about getting players out the club, really, out on loan anywhere, really, to, to free up funds. Is, isn't it one win in 15, Jamie? <laughs> Is it one in 15? I think it's one in 15. Yeah, it might be one in 15 now, but, you know, we need to free up funds, don't we? Let's be realistic here. And we got we got these, um, we were told Alabi was on his way, what, a week ago? Um, as far as we know, I mean... He could have walked there by now, couldn't he? But, um, <laughs> um, you know, he's still there as far as we know. I urge you up to give him a lift. <laughs> well, it might not be wrong. <laughs> but, um, you know, I mean, you know, the lad's holding the club to contract, obviously, you know, um, and he's not gone. I mean, they have tried to get him out on loan before and he's not gone anywhere. Which, in fairness, is his right to do. That's his we right to, to say, do. You know, but, like, uh, he was, the club offered him the contract, you know, so it's his right to do. So I don't necessarily blame him for that. Um, but if he wants to play football, it's a short this, career. This if he it, wants Bill. to play, he needs to go out on loan because I can't see him getting back in that side. And this is what it comes back to when you're saying about wanting the right sort of players, the attitude of people who, 
you know, to, to want to play. And I mean, if, if James knows he can't get in the team, because I'll, I'll be my personal opinion, he's not good enough to play at the level we're at. So he needs to go and play somewhere else. And you can take the soft option, which is to hold out and wait for the brown envelope every Friday and, you know, sit there and let your contract tick down. But when it comes to the end of your contract, where are you going to yeah. go? On a serious note, in all seriousness, I mean, I think he's a great character. We all know that. And yeah, I'm sure the guy... Try, yeah, exactly. And, and you're quite right. He, he needs to play. And he's going to be another lad, isn't he, that, that, that he's not going to get another contract in the summer, in my opinion. That's only my opinion. No, Again, I've got no, I've got no evidence no. that he will or he won't, but no, I think it'd be amazed if he got another contract. And surely, in his own mind, he's got to be thinking, "Well, I need to be out here. I need to be. I need to be on on display." I know it's all putting our little disclaimers on the end of sentences now. That's good. Allegedly, I like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> allegedly, he won't be getting another contract. Um, no, but I mean, I mean, I'm not picking on him as, as just one no. person. But I mean, that, that's an example. Now, I mean. We don't know what's gone on, but there's been no announcement to say he's gone, gone. I mean, we, we heard he was going, but this seems to be a very protracted um, move, if there is one. Um, but I mean, where, where, where do these players go? I mean, surely we've really got to convince several players that their future lies either elsewhere or if they want to stay within the club long term to go out on loan. What I would say is Ross has always said he will be direct and honest with the players. And I think that we can see that from the, from the teams that he's picked. You know, he's not been afraid to make those hard decisions. He's dropped Craig Clay. He's dropped uh, Coulson. He's brought in uh, Kipriano. He's, you know, he's played different formations or what have you. So, to me, that says that he's not afraid to have those conversations with players to say, you're not in my plans. You know, yeah. he's done that with, with, with Gorman already. He's already gone, you know. So... This is, the, this is the thing. I don't think Ross is afraid to have those decisions. But I do think, though, that there are ways of doing it. Because, again, you don't want to upset the balance of the other players that are there. Because they're all still teammates at the end of the day. You know, and whether people are playing or not, they're in and around the, 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 the place. So we, you, there is still a harmony to be had there. You know, and there is, a, a, there is a way that people should be treated within their job. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. I mean, you're saying about Ross. I mean, we, we had him on the show here last week, didn't we, with Steve Tung uh, talking to him. And we went for a, a little chat afterwards with um, myself and uh, forgotten who was there, Lee, uh, Lee Boyce. And I, I can assure people, Ross is no soft touch. Absolutely not. If you if you've got, would he not buy of, you a drink? Uh, no, he didn't. No, no, he did. He did. <laughs> but um, no, I mean. I can honestly say that if anybody thinks, oh, this little Ross, isn't he sweet and all this, no, no, he's, he's got his well, bosses out I don't think any of us or the fans think that, Andy. I think what, what they probably are is looking for more evidence of that. And we've had some, as, as, as you guys have said, rightly so, he's made tough calls with Coulson. He's put Cripperano in. So I don't think anyone's thinking that. No, it's, it's, I think the players are in for a, a shock if they think it's going to be a soft touch, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. I, I, I think, I think Ross is his own man, and yeah. he's, he's proved, proven that. Um, and I think we can put it to bed now about Ross is in charge now. Yeah. So yeah. we get behind him, we give the man our support, and, and you know, that, that is... 100% what all Orient fans should be doing. I mean, the, I think he knows he's got to be seen to be firm, but fair. That's as simple as that. And that's all we can ask of any boss in any business, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And it's, just, it's like Darren said, we've been looking for that from Ross since he's been announced as our permanent manager. And even before that, you know, like Billy said a few weeks ago, he's got to come out and make us believe that he actually wants to do this job after telling us for a while that he didn't want it. So now it's his. He's got to run with it. There's no going back now. And I think the way Kent Teague was speaking last week, I think everyone in the club knows where exactly where they stand. 
Right, another question from the message board as the uh, clock is beginning to run down here. Uh, from Kent, not that Kent, by the way. This is uh, this is Nick over over in Rochester. I know Nick. Uh, with many new housing estates uh, planned and therefore more people arriving in the area, what incentives and schemes do the panel think we should introduce as a club to raise our average attendance over the next few seasons? Bill, he was waiting there with the mic. Go on. Yeah, sorry. Uh, so, uh, being a teacher, obviously, uh, I know that there are things called uh, people. There's the thing called people premium funds. So, uh, to me, I would be going into the local schools, and I mean, due to GDPR, you can't get names and addresses or anything like that. But what you could be doing is offering all the schools um, things specifically for their people premium students, who are students who might be free school meals, uh, who might be in care, who might be uh, have been disadvantaged in some other way. And so, what you can do is offer them those students an opportunity that they might not necessarily get elsewhere with other clubs you know bring them in make them part of the community give them an opportunity to feel valued give them an opportunity to experience things that they wouldn't necessarily get elsewhere you know build a fan base that way that's a fair point but on the on the cold hearted light of day where's the pound notes in that because they're, they're not paying, are they, from what you just said? Yeah, but the bottom line is, once you get someone in the building, they're going to spend money on food, they're going to spend money on drink while they're there, potentially, right? And also, you've got to think long-term. It's not a quick fix. You don't build a fan base in a quick fix. You build it by getting kids in at a younger age and getting them committed to a club, you know? My old man took me over there when I was 18 months old. I had no choice whatsoever, right? <laughs> it was, let's be fair, right? It was child abuse, right? But, <laughs> right, the point is, I'm still here, right? 30, 36. Six years later, I'm still here, right? And I'm still watching the club that I love. And the only way to do it is get kids in young, all right? Get them going to their first game over the O's, right? And, and then they'll bring their kids, and then they'll bring their kids. And that's the way you grow any fan base. Success helps, obviously, but, you know. Yeah, and with what Darren said pre-show, is that wins at home games would be a really good idea to get them through the, the gates. But, but going forward, I think you've got to look at our stadium because I think... A lot of it is not fit for purpose at the moment for 21st century stadium. The, the East End is great and it's got some great memories for me. Cause I, that's where I watch my football now. But if we want to entice the next generation of football fans in, you've got to house them in a decent stand. And that needs to be upgraded so people, when they do turn up, if they're pay, paying or not, you know, they can get, they don't have to spend half hour queuing up for a burger or a cup of tea or getting the rainwater dripping down their necks as the guy in front of me does every other week. The problem you've got, Jamie, is you know we all know that you know they needs a three-tier stand there and this needs doing and this needs readjusting and maybe safe standing put in to increase the capacity if, if we're staying at, at Brisbane Road. But you're talking millions and millions of pounds. Yeah, but, you know... And where's that going to come from and how's that going to affect the playing budget because the fans won't come if the team's not being improved. Well, the, th the thing is, so, I mean, the, the way Kent's been talking and, and Nigel is that they, they've got this big project going on there. And you're right. I mean, if they want to get to where they want to go, their investment, and they might not like me saying this, has got to increase fivefold. That, and that's probably just on the team. If, if they want to be a, a decent League One pushing into the championship... They've got to think. They've got to think big, yeah. and I know they're trying to get more investment into the into the club, yeah, which is course. great. I but mean, you, you could have a Holiday Inn built into the stand, couldn't you? I mean, we can do a lot of things. I mean, you can have all these different ideas, bought, bought in cinemas, whatever you know. Yeah. Um, Just, I know we're running out of time, guys, but for me, we need to sort the ticketing out, and make sure that 
people who have got season tickets that aren't turning up have got a very, very easy way to let the club know they won't be there. Um, now, I think the club are, done, are doing you know good, good work on that. I want to give the club some praise on that because I know they're trying to sort that out because they're frustrated. But we're getting these sellouts and you can see too many empty seats for games that are supposed to sellouts. So I think sort the ticketing out and then that will make it more accessible and easier for people to actually get in the ground and, and watch the game and then become fans, as, as Billy says. Barry? Yeah, I, I think it's, um, it's, it's all to do with the community, and I think that we do some really good work in the community anyway um, with, with Howard, and um, it is building that fan base within the community, isn't it? I think, you know, if you look at our average gates, despite the fact that we went down to the National League, um, as we, we, you know, we all know, I think the gates have been gradually increasing despite our, you know, lowly status. So obviously they're doing some things, right? So just um, carry on. Yeah, just, just um, Kerry's just joined us and kindly shown me uh, a tweet that the club have put out that Alibi has now gone to Eastleigh. There you go. Um, there apparently go. the traffic on the M25 slow was really train. bad. That's why it's taken so long. Hot skipped and jumped there, I think, didn't he? <laughs> but, uh, right, so when did that tweet happen? Just uh, now? About 50 minutes. About 50 minutes. Just as we come on air. Oh, well, sorry about that, James. Okay, well, enjoy your, your days at uh, Eastleigh. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, best right, best just, of wishes, just, James, uh, from, the, from us uh, or yeah, an hour. From your fans here. Um, right, just a quick uh, sad note to end on. Of course, the uh, news um, has come through uh, this evening of... Uh, well, I'll, I'll let you start, but actually, Darren, because you've got some sad yeah, news. Yeah, um, I, I went to a funeral on Monday, a uh, very dear friend of mine, Martin Perry, his, his brother Peter was an O, uh, he was one of us, and it was his funeral, and uh, I just want to say again on air, condolences to Martin, and, and you know, RIP Peter Perry, another great O. I think George Petchy as well, um, sadly... Uh, was was uh, buried. I think was it today? Twenty third of twenty twenty third. Sorry, he died on the twenty third of December. George Petchy. Yeah. That's what he was coming to next. And uh, the funeral was yesterday. But uh, a great manager for Leighton Orient. Ah, oh, superb uh, manager for Leighton Orient. Got them within one match of the uh, top flight back and, in nineteen seventy. That iconic picture of him and Laurie Cunningham. Yeah. Um, and, so uh, yeah. you know, manager. Lest we forget, you know, he. he, he got Laurie Cunningham up and running really and Laurie Cunningham did pay tribute to him saying he was the man who, who really showed him what he could achieve but I mean in those days of course um, George suffered things like razor blades being sent to him in the post and everything because he'd signed a black footballer and things like that so he went through a lot himself um, and a lot of abuse himself from certain sections at the time so difficult and different times of course back in the 70s and uh, but he went on to success uh, elsewhere of course and a lot of tributes coming in tonight from Millwall from Crystal Palace QPR from Orion of course and um, of course it was kept very quiet we only just found out uh, didn't we uh, this today that he we did away. yeah and um, we didn't know about um, George uh, and and George Petchy was was probably um, the last of that old style manager in the in, in the late 70s wasn't he that the we we with the clough kind of manager you know and I, I remember just you know back in the very late 70s um, what a great team and we're all craving those days again us older robes um, as the younger lads are as well and lasses well, I wouldn't be upset. Uh, all we've got time for, guys, I'm going to have to uh, call it to a halt there. Our thanks on show 150 to uh, Barry Galvin for coming in, to uh, Darren, to uh, Billy and to Jamie. We'll catch you next week. Billerick.